This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your host, John Gabris, your boy, the number one fuck boy, the number one fuck boy, the number one fuck boy. I like calling you unprofessional and then going into that introduction. I'm sorry, but I'm a real a radio bit, man. Actually, it's a very cool introduction. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And, and we're just recording and not stopping, right? Yes, we're not. Okay, so it's unlike my podcast where I record for like three hours of nonsense and get like 20 minutes of decent and comedy. And all on Chad's shoulders to yeah, start yeah. out. On my podcast, I just talk for an hour and then the, the, the listeners deal with it. Or listeners in quotes. We don't know who's actually listening oh. to this shit. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think that you probably have a lot of listeners, right? I, I think on. I have a decent amount. I think I have a. De- By the way, f- if if you don't know at this point, if you haven't read, <laughs> if you haven't read the description before you started playing, or you don't recognize this voice, this is uh, friend. <laughs> no, I'm yeah, just sure. Say we can, you can say that. <laughs> this is my friend and comic genius and. Uh, one of my favorite SNL performers <laughs> of all time, Horatio Sands. Thank you for coming to thank me. Thank you. Thank you. I want to hold for the applause. Studio. <sighs> I'm also realizing I leave the air conditioner on. <laughs> <laughs> I called you unprofessional. I have the air conditioning on. My dog is on your lap, and I'm screaming fuck boy into a microphone. <laughs> and you have, like, some vanilla candle. Oh, yeah. I got a candle lit because I'm married, and I want. And when you smoke weed, you got to light a candle. Fair enough. <laughs> when you do Fair anything, enough. <laughs> you take a shit, you got to light a candle. There's a lot of lighting candles in marriage. <laughs> You know, even being single, I try not to like smoke too much inside the house. Yes. So I'll blow out. I'll, out the I'll, I'll out the window and then I'll walk into the bathroom <laughs> and just bo- oh, smoke weed in the bathroom. I smoke a lot of weed in the bathroom. Yeah. Out of like just like it's already stinks in there. I'll go in there light a candle, <laughs> drop a deuce, smoke a joint on the toilet, and try try to keep the smoking to one room. So that's why I have this back office and also a shitter. <laughs> <laughs> Shitters full, Clark. Well. All right, this is a very cool uh, little setup you got here. Yeah, dude, thanks for coming to do it. We've been talking about doing this for a while, and I've always <laughs> I love doing your podcast. I thought you got I got to have you on mine. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you. I, I offered, we were just talking about how uh, how I record for like three hours, yes, or more, and then and then I had, then you said yeah, and then let, let Chad figure it out. <laughs> and then yeah, then we get like a half hour of goodies, but yeah, it's mostly because Chad's like editing the whole time. But, yeah, but I love this too. Just show up, let's do it, and then an hour. Let's well, this later. is what, this is exactly <laughs> what got me into improv. Was like, all right, once you're good at it, you don't need to do any line memorization, any like <laughs> you know, you just roll, do the show. You don't have to think about it's it. The after lazy, the lazy. Pr- it's the it's the perfect perfect occupation or or uh, craft for a lazy person is improv. One hundred percent. Holy moly! I tr- I've been trying to do stand up lately, and <laughs> I just don't have. And I've gotten lazier in the last ten years. Who hasn't? Sure. Uh, but trying to do stand up lately, and it's so much harder. Like. Writing jokes and like having to be around, like just having yeah. to wait your turn to go up is hard. <laughs> well, I never, ha- I didn't have that problem because you know, uh, because I've been invited to do these SNL like things. Like, yeah, it's SNL night, yeah, the, and get- then there's like four <laughs> SNL comedians who do stand up, who and most of them don't. Just are doing it now because you need to like, make money. You need or- some money. And it's a good thing to do. And so I was like, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a, res- a resounding <laughs> in Cancun. <laughs> oh, you went to Cancun, and I did a show, and uh, 
you know, I honestly, the first thing I asked was, can I get weed there? Uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. <laughs> I get there, and it's like fucking Richard Nixon's running this hotel. Like, oh, okay. Like, I get the there. The first like, thing you ask the person who books you is, can I get weed there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that, us- that usually is the first question. Sorry, that is- must be my wife, and my dog is now protecting the house. Go out okay. there and hang out with her. <laughs> Good doggy, Arthur. Okay. Arthur is great. Um, so, and then you had to go up without weed. I had to go up. No, actually, well, yeah, I did. I actually had to go up without weed. That's not. That's not the too hard. the The hard part was telling the jokes over and over again. I uh, felt like I was. I was cheating. Oh, because you had to do a couple of nights of it or something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I had. I did it like three or four times, and uh, so after that, I started getting these jokes, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, these are my jokes. Odd, you know, because uh, we're just not. We're not trained to to say the same things over and over again. And if you do, you have a bag of tricks, and it's kind of like looked down upon. Right, right. So uh, it's a. Uh, it's yeah. really weird. The, you get bored of your own material. I found that like writing things that weren't sketches as well, where you like the sixth time you're going over the pilot script, you're like, I hate all of these jokes because improv trains you. And this is maybe the drawback of improv is that it gives you no patience to like hone, hone things. Yeah. <laughs> like some people have that, like Besser has that skill set. Uh, Ian has that like, this, but for me, I'm just like, I'd rather just fuck. I'd rather change something every time. And the, the audiences are new and you're like, this joke bores me now. Well, now I got to find something new and they don't well, fucking know. When we did second city, um, me and my friends at the time, it was very tough also because we, we were going, we were coming from improv Olympic into second city and, uh, and you're writing a show, right? You're not improvising and that's a whole a show yeah. and it's, that becomes your review. And what will you keep honing and honing and honing? And finally you open the show and you get good reviews and immediately you start changing it and fucking <laughs> it up. <laughs> cause you get, cause, cause you, you had just, no patience. I'm like, it, okay, we opened, we got good reviews. People are coming here. Awesome. Let's let's fuck it up. And there's uh, there's an element of improv that is for the performer, you know, and you lose that in like when you're thinking about the audience, you're like, but I want to kind of want to fuck with my scene part. Once you're doing it for a while, all you want to do is like, I just want to alley oop Horatio in this moment. <laughs> or I just want to force him into doing something that I know would be fun for us to be doing. Yeah, I I, I don't I don't see it as failure when there's no laughs as long as like <laughs> my friends in the back row are kind of tittering and yeah, you know, I That's can kind of sh- feel I can feel that energy and it, it, it's like at that point, unfortunately, the audience kind of goes out the window. I can hear them and I can t- uh you you know, I can time that. Yeah. But it's mostly about these guys that are laughing back I, here. I I've been in a number of shows with you and I could go, I there's a <laughs> moment I can see a moment when you're like I don't I don't hear I'm going to make you laugh, Gabriel. I don't give a fuck what else is going on and I and I just I love I love those moments. And it's, some people are really that's really fun to make some people laugh, obviously, yes. and uh, you're one of those people. Yeah, uh, uh, and, and likewise, you always crack me up as well. Let's not, let's not, because doesn't go one I, way. Well, I here. get caught up in that game too. I'm just like, this is about just getting Horatio to break at this moment. And then it's like, okay, if that's what the show is, and we're ha- like, this is this is like the the, the age old question of like, well, why did you laugh so much on SNL? Uh, I just really felt like there were people that were from Groundlings that were doing such honed well-crafted bits that even second city i wasn't really doing second city stuff at snl that wasn't what i was doing at snl (laughs) so i kind of just kind of got into this mode of fucking around and that was kind of what drove all that comedy that's so so, because that actually 
do you still get that question a lot when you get interviewed and stuff? Do not people, as much. Not as much. But, but at the time? Yeah, at the time. Or, or people or like, you and after. Fallon are such little clowns. You yeah. guys having fun out there? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's me, <laughs> Jeff from the Vulture magazine. <laughs> you silly billies. <laughs> what are we recording into? Is that a lighter? <laughs> You guys had fun cracking each other up, am you I guys, right? Uh, you, so, because uh, I I loved you, I loved you and Jimmy on the show as a fan of SNL for a long time, as a fan of comedy. And then when I got to meet you and start performing together, and I was like, "How did this dude ever do SNL based on the kind of shit you like to do?" I was like, "How did you survive at SNL?" I mean, it looks like you were having a good time. Did you enjoy? Like, because it's total. I was very memorizing frustrated. Line, memorizing lines, being serious, and like following rules are three things I don't see you doing. Like, well, well here's the thing that worked really well for me uh, coming from Second City. The audiences were a similar size. Yes. And as long as you can hear the audience, you know, you're all right. Like, right. You kind of forget that there's a camera with eight. Yeah, you know, you're doing nine a live. You're doing a Saturday night sketch show for a drunk. Kind uh, of. And you know, there's people. huge stakes. Yeah, you know yeah. there's huge stakes, and it's either like <laughs> make people laugh or you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> those are the but, those are the most fun situations to be in. Land <laughs> cue cards. Oh, cue right. Cue cards, the saving grace. Because if I had to memorize two or four scenes uh, on Friday night, it would be a fucking nightmare. So the cue cards are essential. And so you're go- you're stepping out there into every sketch completely confident because you you have a stage presence. You've been performing live for a long time, and with cue cards there, you're like, worst comes to worst, I blank and I, I read it. Or exactly, yeah. You, it, it's two seconds of like someone being like, oh wow, look at him <laughs> looking at the card. Yeah. But so and that and then uh, you know just you just do that often enough that you kind of learn the tricks. Uh, what what are tricks that you learned? Well, Will Ferrell had a good trick, uh, which is he would <laughs> he would perform every scene out to like three spots. So oh. and the cards were all near those spots. Smart. So, so, so like he can give that like classic like dead eyed stare into the distance, but he's reading a cue card. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and uh, so you learn from from those guys. I'd always um, my eyesight got worse as I was. Uh, on the show and <laughs> that's bad news. and the, it was bad like news for the cue card guy <laughs> <laughs> i started going blind <laughs> i can't memorize lines and now i can't read <laughs> and i can't improvise <laughs> certainly not allowed to improvise <laughs> um, uh, did you and you and jimmy started at the same time yeah we were hired at the same time and yeah. did you know him at all before going no into that? not at all and did we just bonded, like, like, kind of like, you know, we're you're both going to the same um, generation. You're like going away to college. Yeah, exactly. You met exactly. him at orientation, right? Like that college friend where you're like, "Hey, I'm scared here. Me too. Let's hang." And out. we didn't really do the same thing, so there wasn't any of that jealousy. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you and I mean, at, uh, at judging books by their covers, you and Jimmy are not competing for roles. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. So the, he's so, like sixteen, and <laughs> and the and the obvious differences in our bodies <laughs> and our looks made us a great comedy duo. <laughs> it is the classic, uh, the classic ten, the uh, tall, thin, and circular. The yeah, number ten it just works. Always works in comedy. <laughs> it just works. <laughs> As someone who's been a giant number zero his whole, his whole career, it yeah. works. And now I'm a number four, and um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, I have to I make that work. You know, um, was. Uh, what what was that like? I'm just very curious about your first time or your your audition getting to SNL. Like, what was that like? Did you have some friends that were already on it from Chicago? Yeah, Tina Fey and uh, and Adam McKay were were uh, 
like head writer. You know, Adam was head writer at the time, and Tina was um, married to Jeff Richmond, who she still is married to. Yeah, and he was my musical director at Second City, ETC. <laughs> oh right, right. So, uh, I remember before I auditioned for Second City, I was getting pretty frustrated at Second City as well. And I told uh, we were all we all went out to see the Oscars or something. I, I think we went to her house to watch the Oscars, and we're all hanging out. And uh, I uh, I asked, I was like, I, I think I'm going to move to L.A. and quit. And she's like, Don't, don't, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, then there'll be nowhere for me to send you or send people to watch you, oh. and you're not going to look better than at Second City at the moment. Like, oh, it was just like this is the place to go get people now, and you were cru- you were doing well at the time. Yeah, and you were just getting bored and maybe ready for the next step and exactly tina, and tina was like i think i got your next step <laughs> yeah yeah just stay oh, there that's really awesome and uh and that was immense obviously um help in my career uh but when i got there i remember the first thing that lauren i first time i heard lauren speak uh when i was auditioning he said he turned to mckay and he's like so this is your friend <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was like doing... such a it's such a fuck move that <laughs> it's such a like ooh I'm gonna get these guys that I kind of laughed and I was like okay I got it uh, yeah um, you that that moment didn't break you like you you were just like oh okay yeah this is the, yeah this is the situation we're in here <laughs> if anything it just kind of made me feel even better because oh. you know now he's like he's talking to the guy and he's saying hey this guy better be good right you know? right yeah and, so you, uh, you 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 know you're coming with like a little bit of a backstory they were like this is the guy I was telling yes, you that's yes. And what what did you do in your audition? Did you do anything that uh, would eventually be on the show? That we another gonna... another fortunate thing is I had like three months to prepare. Uh, oh, like the producers at the time, uh, Tim Hurley and, and Steve Higgins, uh, they came to Second City and, and watched the show, and then they're like, "Well, the auditions are in three months or two months, and and we want you to come out." <laughs> I was like, "Oh fuck! Wow, crazy good!" And you're just great. in Chicago with all of your genius comedy friends, and you're like, uh, "I gotta do! I gotta come up with some characters." Or did you have characters from the review? You were I had doing? a few characters. I had like I, I had an impression of Robert Stack that I did like when I was nine. The that, unsolved mysteries guy. Yeah, that I stole. <laughs> yeah, that I stole from uh, Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd. When I was a kid, Dan Aykroyd did uh, Robert Stack on The Untouchables. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was like, I want to know what's going on. I want to know now. <laughs> <laughs> and then later, uh, it was unsolved mysteries. It's like if you have any information on the whereabouts. <laughs> Horatio's hands. Please <laughs> dial the number on the screen. It's just this horrible old. And so I just did a character. I was like, oh, my character is a guy who sounds like Robert Stack. And he's just getting pranked by the neighborhood kids who just want to hear him say, <laughs> if you have any information on who keeps calling me and waking me up. <laughs> uh, That's that was awesome. one. And I did, I did, uh, I did Truman Capote because I knew Lauren would probably like it. Because who the fuck knows who Truman Capote is <laughs> yeah, anymore? That's going to be a good weekend update desk bit recurring. <laughs> Back it was again. Used. It actually was used Did a few times. Yeah, it all gets used Truman up. Capote. <laughs> and people were as, <laughs> as confused then as you'd expect them to be now. Uh, you have a knack for choosing characters that people know, but like Aaron Neville. Like people know who he is, but not enough. Like, well, like <laughs> well, you know that that's a classic. Uh, make it funny before you make it accurate. Uh, <laughs> I learned that. I heard. I heard. Um, I heard fucking um, Dana Carvey say that, and I was like, oh yeah. That's perfect. Was that I, I was like that, that a piece of advice you heard when you came to S- coming up or somewhere I heard it and I and I was like I li- I like that rule and so well, it also makes you as a 
performer more comfortable with it. You're like, rather than worrying about the accuracy, you worry about the thing you're good at is, can I make this funny? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I feel much more comfortable trying to get something funnier than to get it better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you know, a perfect impression without a joke. <laughs> it's, it's like, okay, that's cool, I guess. I guess, I guess this guy didn't have a childhood and <laughs> watched like 40 hours of TV a fucking weekend. <laughs> that's another thing those impression guys are all fucking i mean we're nuts and i know that but they're they're a certain level of nuts impression where it's like, guys are weird because then they're like analyzing everything they watch to see like ticks and shit that they can do yeah which is weird yeah I, yeah and I, when i was really lost i'd go up to daryl hammond and i'd be like oh, hey man what do you got here <laughs> and was he just like one of those dudes be, who's just like no, oh like, if you want to do aaron neville you got to make sure you yeah. see this and that he'd be like well you know new gingrich kind of sounds like Rit the frog a little bit, you know, and he would do this just this, you know, scientific <laughs> kind of, uh, you know, a scientific um, list of, of ingredients, you know, to, I mean, to exactly. do this got a little bit of Kermit the frog, and then you can it would like translate for you, yeah. Like, and but a great example of making it trying to make it funny, you know, in quotes, I'm making quotes right now, funny <laughs> was uh, I did Jimmy had uh, Jimmy wrote the scene with John Lennon and uh, and uh, Garcia. Meet in heaven. <laughs> Jerry Garcia. Jerry Garcia and John Lennon meet in heaven. Perfect uh, casting. And, uh, okay, we're doing it. And uh, so, he, you know, he does a perfect John Lennon. And it's time for me to do my Jerry Garcia. And uh, I get a tape of Jerry Garcia. They, they would make tapes instantly from tapes they had. And so you watch them and that's how you learn your impression. And uh, I, Jerry Garcia. And Jerry Garcia was... He was like a hippie, but not too much, you know, and, uh, you know, we just like to do our music. And, and so I was like, that, we tried that in dress. <laughs> <laughs> that was not going to go. Any kind of accuracy <laughs> had to go out the window in place of, hey, man, <laughs> hey, man, you want a jam, brother? <laughs> Completely selling this poor guy out. <laughs> Probably, probably on the heroin watching me like that doesn't sound like me at all. Sound like me at all, man. <laughs> His friends are like Jerry, chill. Uh, was that like coming up doing care? Like that would be the most. I would be so terrified to have to try to do characters, like uh, like impressions. I forget. Like I oh, I recently just did like voiceover, and they were like, oh, can you? And it was like. It was for Nick Kroll's show, and I was playing a small character, and they were like, can you make him a little more older? And I was like, I am having a hard time. I can, I can barely do anything here. And it's in front of Nick Kroll's, like a master character yeah, yeah. actor. I'm like, I can't do it. Oh, They're no. like, make him sound older? I was Shit. like, oh, I got to think That happened to me it. so many times next to Jimmy. <laughs> Fuck, he did this Howard Stern bit, and, he, and, he, and I was going to be stuttering John. <laughs> And I just couldn't do it. I was just like, the Howard. <laughs> Jimmy looked at me like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, like the scene isn't going anywhere. Um, yeah, when I was like doing sketch at UCB, people would be like, all right, yeah, so in this sketch, you're like Peter Frampton, so you just have like a British accent. I was like, guys, I don't think you have on. an idea. I can't even do accents. <laughs> and that's the thing. And Lauren, too, doesn't really. He kind of doesn't want you doing things you don't look like. I right. don't think part of his comedy, his sensibility is like, that's a little too much. And uh, I mean, 
nothing makes me happier than like putting on like a blonde wig and being like, "It's me, yeah. <laughs> Daniel Craig." <laughs> you know, like just, oh yeah, just yeah, doing oh, yeah. this most off type <laughs> fucking impressions make me laugh. <laughs> you just have to be like, you just have to fucking really just throw it, throw it out there, because uh, yeah, like I did that character um with with Jimmy and Leatherman or Choo Choo. <laughs> And it, it was just this incredibly weird page boy wig. I love it. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I'll just do Peter Lorre. That'll be my character. Peter Lorre with this crazy wig, and he's just like this leather leather fe- uh, fetishist. <laughs> and he goes, I like the whip. <laughs> and then when he got whipped, he go, hey! <laughs> Which is kind of like a, a Mexican horse whip. <laughs> hey! Uh, uh, let's smoke a little. Yeah, let's play a little. How long? How long were you on the show for? Uh, eight years, oh. ninety-eight to two thousand six. That's that's awesome. Yeah, it was really. <laughs> yeah, they they really let me hang around <laughs> a lot longer than I probably should have. You are in like you are in some of the cl- most classic sketches ever. Like just from that from that time period, looking through, you're in. Fucking more cowbell. You have one that one line. He speaks for all of us. <laughs> when you talk, turn the will, and it's like to put Horatio and Jimmy in a sketch with Will Ferrell, where they don't have lines. It's just asking for trouble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and that... Walken is hysterical in that sketch. Walken is is so like I was thinking about. A, I, I don't know where I'm. Just like I would like to see Christopher Walken do that. The plant guy sketch. Have you heard? Have you seen this? Yes. I can watch it. <laughs> Hours I'm of doing that. Great. I'm doing great. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> it is the morning. It is noon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wait, what were we just talking about? Now I forgot. Walking, crushing. Walking, crushing. Oh, the scenes, the big scenes. Yeah, people, people uh, still ask me about Cowbell. Um, Debbie Downer. Debbie Downer. <laughs> what other one? Well, those two are the are the. They're two ones of the, like those are the most rewatched ones, and they're a, they're elements of people breaking in them, but it's not as much you like. That's everybody. It's not just you and Jimmy being like right. little rascals. That like, yeah, and it's not us. It's not us. You know, putting a a rat on the buffet plate. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so like the Stooges. Uh, one uh, one th- qu- one Horatio Sands sketch quote that me and my brothers have been making since we first saw the sketch and we still say it it's a half-eaten taco in my toyota tercel <laughs> we do not say t- toyota tercel without putting and my high school girlfriend drove a toyota tercel and we would always go it's time to go get in the toyota tercel <laughs> Because that is just my favorite, one of my favorite traits about you is making a meal. You have two oh. lines in that sketch and you go, hey, guy. Well, because also because it was a fat joke. So if you're going to write me a fat joke, <laughs> you're gonna, I'm going to really deliver it. Right. And, I, and I'm going to show you my a little bit of my disdain yeah. for it yeah. <laughs> by making a huge meal out of it. This is official. <laughs> I'm sure that kills in the break room at Circuit City. We were just obsessed with that sketch. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the Jeffries um, fashion sketch with Sean Hayes and Jimmy Fallon as like elitist snobs. Yeah. Which ends with Will Ferrell just doing the most, comes in on a rascal, has the tiniest cell phone ever. It's the most Will Ferrell shit ever in that sketch. 
a little interesting fact of that is that uh, Ben Stiller was a little mad that that Will used a little phone. Oh, because of Zoolander. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, right. But that little phone, I should have stolen that thing. It was so great. That thing, for those that's just one of those jokes that's always going to work. Uh, the I think ti- forever. Forever. I think uh, opening a super tiny... If you in improv improvise a super tiny phone, it, it's like, that's a gimmick. You'll get a laugh every time. <laughs> You'll get a laugh if you open up a super tiny... I don't like to use it too often, but sometimes I'll use it just an insanely big phone. <laughs> And if I just come consistent with it, you know, it, it's believable. Yeah, all you have to know, like maybe it's just a, you know, he's a big phone guy. You know, it's an iPhone seven. Yeah, what year? Is, maybe plus. he's yeah, a, he holding a phone that was used in the he's Korean doing, War. He's doing know? a period piece. Exactly. <laughs> just I'm doing making my world. I don't know what you're doing. What? Well, uh, who were your friends when you uh, when you were on the show? Did you have, like? I mean, sure. Because did you have like buddies? It looks like you and Jimmy, and you guys did. What was the? Uh, What's the sketch that you guys did from your college dorm where you were Gobi or Doby or whatever? Gobi. Gobi. Uh, uh, yeah, he was just a college kid, and I just came in stoned, and, and I would just, <laughs> I would usually sing a little song like, bong, ba-bong, bong, bong, and then I'd laugh. And the one the one I remember is um, you come in and you go, hey, I got a joke. You know those chips, baked lays, and then you laugh, and then they go, did you come over there? And you're like, nah, somebody told it to me. <laughs> That's so funny. You don't have a joke. You just say a food, laugh, and they go, did you come over there? You go, nah, someone told me. It just makes that character so funny. <laughs> yeah, I didn't smoke weed at that time either. No? No, and uh, and it was a shame because I was given so much weed. I would just get all this weed from people, like if I do a show at bars. Uh, right, Everybody right. wanted to smoke with me. Right, you know, right. which was beautiful, and I would be like, I can't, but I'll have a drink. Uh, <laughs> which ended up being a bad thing. It ended up being a terrible thing. I should have just smoked. <laughs> just, just smoked Turns out, Kobe. I should have said, let me have some weed, and let me put this drink down. <laughs> yeah. I turned from Gobi into fucking Nicolas Cage and uh, leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, sorry, I can't smoke. I'm destroying my life a different way. I'm pouring whiskey on my cock and getting my dick sucked. <laughs> By Elizabeth Chew. <laughs> By the dad from Alf. <laughs> Remember when the dad from Alf was fucking like, homeless people? <laughs> and doing crack with homeless people? It's the Remember, fucking best thing best ever. <laughs> they were like, yeah, they were like National Enquirer had it on the front page, <laughs> the examiner, all the shitty all the shitty gossip rags had the dad from Alf. Having sex in a hotel room with homeless dudes and doing crack with them. Perfect. I remember seeing a picture. I'm not living. We're not living. Yeah. We're not living. Dude, what are we doing? We're smoking weed on a Saturday afternoon doing a podcast. We could be fucking smoking crack with homeless people in a hotel room. We can go to to Walla Walla, Washington, get a hotel room for three months and just (laughs) blow it out. (laughs) Just tear the place down and then come back. There we go. Let's do that. Let's make a documentary. Uh... You know, Spencer Tracy would uh, go to a hotel for like a weekend and just destroy it, and then sit like, in the bathtub and drink uh, whiskey and just go crazy, tear it up, rip the paintings off the wall, <laughs> and then he'd be like, uh, "All right." And then, then like Monday, <laughs> On Monday, like, Monday he'd come out, yeah, he'd come shave in a suit, all perfect. <laughs> He's like, uh, "Yeah, just send me the damages, the bills for damages." <laughs> And it was perfect. They're like, okay. He's like a werewolf. Spencer, yeah. He's like, <laughs> I got to check into a hotel at the full moon. Like, well, sir, here's the deposit because I'm going to get crazy up there. It's like. Oh, <laughs> 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 Dater tots. 
Room 212, no silver. <laughs> yeah, and I, That's I often, awesome. so I often fantasize of having that like with weed or or maybe drink someday, but I can't drink right now. But yeah. <laughs> um, that that sounds. I could I could go I do that sometimes. Well, I'm that's like, what the that's what the Del Close is kind of. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's like I'll sleep three hours a night, eat seven dinners a day, and smoke weed and do whippets for a full weekend. I forgot there was another world. <laughs> I I got first I got thrown out of the party for smoking weed, the UCB party. What off the balcony? I wasn't thrown off the balcony. <laughs> I was kicked off a party. (laughs) And everyone was confused because you landed on your feet fine, seven floors down. Yeah, they're like, what? (laughs) He's he's in way better shape than you remember. (laughs) Well, I hit an awning on the second floor, and that bounced me up. (laughs) So (laughs) it's off in the fall. Wait, at the recent one, you got thrown out for smoking weed? I got got thrown out for smoking weed on the balcony, and then uh, the lady was like, give me it. Like, give me it. <laughs> Who are you? You're working. The lady. You're checking. The, Shannon O'Neill. She's the security lady. No, no. <laughs> Some lady. It's the security lady working the party. And I was like, no, I'm leaving. She's like, well, you're leaving. And I'm like, fine. And I walked out like, oh. <laughs> like, and then uh, the next day I was getting high uh, at across the street from UCB. At <laughs> the projects. In the projects. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. But the dumpster by the projects. <laughs> It's low-income housing. Let's not. I'm sorry. But they do have a 24-hour security guard there. I, I turned out, Turns out I... I, I uh, you alerted them as well. That guy came out, and he's like, throw it out. So this is twice in about two days. He's like, throw, throw it out. I'm like, come on, man. I'll just leave. He's like, no, throw it out, man. And so I pretend to throw it out, and then I turn around and run. <laughs> But like no, for like t- t- like five or six steps, and I was with some girls. And they're like, no, 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 no. So I turn around. I'm like, okay, man. And I, I throw the weed down. But I just, I just, yeah. You just don't do these things so open. I just forget because you forget. Well, California spoils spoils you a little bit too. Where yeah, if no one would ever pull you over on the street and go, hey, man, what's well, this? Yeah, right. You, I, <laughs> I've been walking my dog and like walk past a woman in a sh- with a stroller and I'm like, oh shit. And I'm oh like, yeah. Uh, and I like give the look like, sorry, it's weed. I won't do anything to you. I promise. I always pass this house with uh, kid toys and stuff. I'm like, whatever, man. They're gonna learn. <laughs> They're gonna learn sometime. <laughs> Their father probably drinks. It's fucking fine. Yeah. If you have to explain, yeah. When when daddy gets drunk, he says really weird shit and, and does weird shit. But but that guy who's smoking weed, be careful. Yeah, watch out for him. He's yeah. a problem. Yeah, um, he'll eat your food. I was saying, who who are your uh, who are your buddies when you started there? Well, like or well, yeah, and you sometimes also you guys pair up with like a writer, right? And you sort of return to collaborate with that, right? Yeah, uh, like my I think my third or second year, uh, Eric Kenward was hired from. From Nash- from uh, the Harvard Lampoon, not National Lampoon. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, we we had a, a similar style, or or, or or we found things similar. So I was writing with him a lot. Oh, cool! And uh, yeah, I wrote so much it didn't get put on the air, and uh, it was the same kind of feeling. Like if I can make all the writers laugh. It's okay. It's kind of it lessens the blow of not being right. If yeah, of not being like a breakout sketch that like that sketch not popping. like. And I could not write sketches that I thought 
Like, this is what I'm really right. going to do. You couldn't be writing Newt Gingrich, like, <laughs> political takedowns. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> guys, guys, what about this specific trade agreement? <laughs> I couldn't even imagine. <laughs> couldn't imagine you. Like, <laughs> I wrote this sketch, and it was maybe my secret most proud moment uh, is uh, I wrote a, a line where it was like, it's just it's like you have this weird scene with a hippie. Actually, I do this hippie character a lot on uh, on Comedy Bang Bang. Uh, <laughs> I call uh, what the fuck. It's not, I I know I'm gonna I'm gonna know Go his name when you say it too. I can't. Uh, think of it right Shelley now. Driftwood. <laughs> and then, well, I ended the scene with um, it, um, is that homeless man blowing that dog? <laughs> That was the end, and then they did the, 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 the scene ends, and we took that to dress, and that fucking line was on a cue card. I'm like, how did this ever? <laughs> um, I, you could probably watch those on CISO. I would that'd be good, wouldn't it? If you could like see the cut, all my unfunny cut scenes from SNL. I feel like they do release cut for time sketches now on Hulu. Yeah, and yeah. Shit. I mean, I'm sure there's some fucking uh, some. You were part of some weird ass ones that ended you, up. Yeah, being... all the, it, I I would I would guarantee if you took my cutscenes from SNL and just put like a monster's laugh track on it, <laughs> it would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but watching it, the quiet, um, the, no, it's a little brutal. The deafening quiet is is like yeah, it's it's pretty rough. There was a sketch of yours that I hadn't I never seen until recently for some reason and I thought I had seen like pretty much every SNL sketch and it was the aquarium repair guys oh yeah because that was cut yeah. oh was it cut oh yeah. it's out now it's now it's out yeah it's... so Google uh, Hulu it or search uh, this, aquarium search, repairman search aquarium repairman and Horatio and Jimmy are so fucking funny <laughs> in it and you you sort of hold it together until you guys get to Fred Armisen in the second beat of the sketch. <laughs> and is that I have to ask, are you guys losing your shit because you know he has his because you because you know he has his pants around his ankles and he's gonna do that insane because thing? It, the insane the the bit of being insane at the end of a sketch is so <laughs> fucking funny and, and it's so and just overdone. That sketch feels so modern though. It feels so new because it has like the sort of detachment in the second half, and then like the classic ending. I'm like, this man is an insane, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, it, and it cuts to another room, another set, which is something SNL didn't do that often. So yeah, it felt so... like so many steps. <laughs> so it feels very like a Mr. Show sketch or something because it ends like, like you know. It's yeah, for funny. those who haven't seen it, it ends with Fred Armisen. He's a doctor. He's a psychiatrist. And he's trying. He's trying to evaluate what's up and with in us. In the funniest way, he's going water, and you guys are going, what, what, what is he through uh, hydrogen components with an oxygen joined by covalent bond through? Like, and you guys, are the, so the premise of the sketch, because I just want, let's talk about this, is every time someone says something, you guys, and it sounds like something you and Jimmy were just doing around the office that got put into a sketch. You know what I mean? Because it just feels like such it, a great also, bit. It's kind of like um, it was also in the heart, like in in the the meaty part of the Sopranos. Oh, that yeah. was really big at the time too. Yes, yes, yes. What is this guy fucking? Huh? And you have like a witty thing, like, "Hey, yeah. anyone want to get a sandwich? What is this guy? The fucking Duke of Earl, the Earl of Sandwich? Who is this guy? Fucking Mike? Uh, who's this Jared? 
Was his Yo. chair for fucking Subway? Hey, put the kids away. Five dollar footlongs here. Just like no, thank you. And by and that's like th- that sense of humor that you guys are parodying there is like being like Italian from Long Island and like all my like blue exactly. collar white trash friends and stuff. That's that sense of humor. Like my dad's <laughs> friends would always just be. Like, I'd be like, Dad, I want to go baseball. He's like, Oh, you got fucking Don Manley on you? Fucking little fat Dave Winslow. You know, like, hey, hey, you got fat little Don Manley on you? Let's go for hey, put on your fucking jersey. Where's your sideburns? You know, like you just extrapolate like. Oh, you got a fucking Stephen Hawking's over here. Thank you, dude. Watch me to go to a science fair. Okay, let's go to science fair. Wait, you want to take your chair too? Oh, Galileo, huh? Maybe an apple fall on his head, huh? Like Newton. Dad. <laughs> yeah, it's like just, just the most dad type. And you guys are just doing to. Jeff Gordon is hosting that episode. Which is oh insane. my God, Jeff Gordon! <laughs> <laughs> a race car driver is doing sketch comedy. Those were the best shows, though, because you know they didn't they didn't know any better, so they're like, okay, sounds right. Oh, they'll do like the sketches that maybe would make you look bad if you were like trying to be like, or they just or they just chose stupid comedy. Well, like this is going to sound incendiary. <laughs> but that's whenever, a blanket statement whenever, if you come on my podcast. Whenever, um, <laughs> whenever women audition for SNL and uh, or or women uh, ask me or I I offer my advice if they're auditioning, I always say don't do little girl characters. You know, don't do little like because that's just been done a bunch of times, right? Um, right, like Gilda and Amy. <laughs> yeah, Amy's yeah. Rick comes to mind. You it, you play stepdad Rick. <laughs> And before Amy, I mean, there were you know that that was um, you know that that been something you'd seen a while. It's, uh, right. Jesus, this is the worst. <laughs> this is the worst. I can't come up with any names, or remember why I even got on that tangent. Would you ask? I I said um, you said when I give advice. This is gonna sound incendiary. I give advice to what did I say before that? Um, I don't remember either. <laughs> People listening oh, right so, now are like, I think it was. <laughs> like, you were fucking talking about. <laughs> we we still don't know. Uh, oh, we were you, we were talking about cut uh, the aquarium. Oh, when hosts come that are like Jeff Gordon. Oh, right, yeah. right. So yeah, so, so when really hot girls hosted, they'd be like, I do this character. I'm a I'm a dirty girl, and they put on fake braces, yeah. and weird glasses, right, and, uh, right. and and a similar thing with sports guys. They would like, always play like fe- like little like if like they would play femme or play yeah, yeah or yeah. play like little boys to be like I'm not Peyton Manning <laughs> <laughs> right guys who like see them I'm a giant toddler yeah well that's sort of like the attitude of like when you're in high school football and you like dress in drag and you're like oh isn't isn't it funny this is just easily funny because i'm a fuck or like i'm fucking so manly it's hysterical i have a wig on. yeah right <laughs> isn't it funny to even think of me being gay that is not gonna read on this fucking podcast <laughs> i mean on this tv show or yeah. like and then hot chicks do the whole like isn't it, imagine if i was imagine if a guy actually didn't want to fuck me <laughs> right like the game's always like some dumpy dude's like leave me alone it's like i'm sorry am i <laughs> cindy crawford tr- tr- with glasses and pigtails and the <laughs> The whole premise of the sketch is like, imagine you couldn't just imagine you could control yourself around me and not just yeah. fuck me. Like, uh, many, yeah, many many of my sketches were uh, 
<laughs> like, can, can't you? Isn't it hilarious that you would fuck me? Yeah. You're just like, they're like, all right, Horatio, we have a hot female host. You're the fat guy on the show. Yeah. You are going to play her husband in a sketch. I wrote, every time there was a hot one, I, I wrote uh, a hot one. Every time there was a hot one out there. Every time we had a fucking nice piece of truth. <laughs> well, when Britney hosted, I, and she was dating Justin Timberlake, and I, uh, so I, <laughs> I wrote this thing where I was Justin Timberlake that was bit by a thousand bees. <laughs> so I come, in, I come into her dressing room and try to, and then try to try to hook up with her. But you know, it's the old Horatio. <laughs> In the end, it turns out it's Horatio. <laughs> I had a lot of those characters that were bitten by bees. <laughs> Just was swollen from because Lauren bee bites. insisted you had to look like the actor. Look yeah, like I'm like person. Lawrence, realistic man. <laughs> so were there were there any hosts that came in that you were like you, surprised you or blew you out of the water or was you were so excited to actually work with because I feel like that's the best part about SNL is like at some point you get it's to be in a sketch with Malkovich <laughs> like you get yeah. to act alongside you know uh, Michael Douglas or some shit you know people like Kelly Ripa no yeah. I'm, I'm being honest like they just uh, you don't expect. You're like, okay, this person's a TV celebrity. You don't right. expect them to really be fun and, and, and like, get it. And and that happened with, with Kelly Ripa. And she got, like, she was just... Yeah, she was rolling with it, you know? Oh, she was great. so fun. And uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus was no surprise. But, of course. But I, I mean, didn't she's... expect her to be so versatile, I guess. Yeah, she is the best. <laughs> yeah, incredible. Still hot. <laughs> Still... <No>, Unsaid. <laughs> uh, the worst audition I've ever had in my entire life was for Veep. At uh, recent, not, not too long ago, uh, maybe last season or the season before, and Armando Iannucci and uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus are in there, and I like, <laughs> went into audition with her. I'm like reading against her, and I'm saw she's the best. I mean, I love Seinfeld growing up. She, I love Veep. She's so funny. She's so pretty. And I'm sitting. She's like, "Hi, I'm Julia." I'm like, "Yeah, you seem familiar to me." Like I make a joke, <laughs> and it doesn't land oh, at all. Brother. <laughs> yeah. And I turn to walk to the back of the room where I got an audition, and I'm already like, "Welp, I'm fucked." And I turn around and I'm like, "Has it here, huh?" I'm like, "Cannot." I try to make another joke later. You know, Armando Iannucci's like, he's like, "So these tech guys are like, uh, uh, they're really they think their world, everything about them is they're important. Their jobs are the blah blah." And he's like, oh, "And I'm like, so like actors, huh?" And I like make a joke and, again, and just dead him and Julia Lee Drivers like. Okay, well, let's get started. And I was like, huh, huh? And I'm so upset. And I walk out, and I'm fucking cursing to myself. I'm, like, shouting to myself. And uh, DC Pearson comes up. He goes, oh, are you going into audition for that? And I'm like, no, I just did. He's like, oh, it looked like you were running lines. And I was like, no, I was cursing myself out for embarrassing myself in front of, A, at a job opportunity, and B, in front of Julia Louise Dreyfus. <laughs> Um, was yeah. there was there anyone that when you, uh, like that you were a, f a, a fan of separately like maybe a music act or a before and they were you're like oh I can't believe this because that would be oh, me like if I was well on the Radiohead show. Radiohead's my favorite band and then when they played um, oh that's awesome I really had uh, you know when uh, when the band plays and the, and the show's going on that you don't people don't usually watch from right in front. Uh, if you do, you have to stand on a flat, and it's against the back wall. There, you right. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so, yeah. I, I was there for the Michael Phelps episode <laughs> on Bobby's first year. Bobby's first episode. Yeah, um, <laughs> Bobby, Bibby, Bibby, our good friend Bibby. <laughs> um, 
yeah, so we I'd be able to watch like my favorite bands like right there with no one between me and 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 the band, you know, <laughs> except those big cameras that would swoop the, the cranes. The jibs, yeah. And so if you stayed against the wall, then you wouldn't get in their way, and you were great. And uh, I just stayed away from from Tom York that whole week. Like they come in on Thursday and you know to to warm up and or, or to, mm-hmm. they do the sound check. And I, I just stayed away because I didn't want him to be like, what if he was a dick? You know? Right, yeah, then that ruins the whole thing. Ruins the whole catalog. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I it, I love, it's so funny when you hear a, a really big celebrity is cool and you're just like, oh, thank God. You know, oh, like, yeah, I met I met Ray Liotta and he was really funny and nice. You're like, oh, thank God, thank God. <laughs> you know, you just don't want to hear they're an asshole, which I'm assuming often happens if you've been on that show for a number of years and you don't we don't we're not have to name names here i'm just saying i'm sure someone comes in you're like this is really cool but that's actually one of the top three questions i get is who's an asshole right because that's what you learn right is when you're like oh this this guy seems so cool in on tv and then when they come on the show you're like oh shit this is a nightmare yeah Yeah. it's usually the the really good actors (laughs) (laughs) because they just they don't want to do this silly bullshit but someone has got to go see cinderella man yeah, you know, so <laughs> someone's got to get out there and, uh, and busk for Cinderella. I'm like naming Russell Crowe for some reason. I love Russell. Yeah, I don't want to say that all great actors on the show are bad because uh, there's also, uh, you know, but De Niro is is almost, you know, um, iconically bad on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but he's great because yeah. it's fucking Robert De Niro. So who cares? You know, yeah, even if he's holding a piece of paper in front of his face reading his lines, you're like, okay, it's Robert De Niro. <laughs> happy to hear that yeah <laughs> yeah i wrote a sketch right where we're gangsters and i had him say joe pesci's line uh uh you think i'm funny yeah <laughs> what the hell's so funny about me <laughs> and that was all again just like that's the most iconic line in like any mob movie and de niro's saying it because i fucking <laughs> that's <laughs> i thought so that awesome. would be cool I'm like, how, how funny? Like, clown funny? I amuse you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and of fucking course. love. And he couldn't do it. He couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't do it right. He just, it's on TV and you'll see it. He doesn't do it exactly. Like, <laughs> it's like, what? Uh, you talking to me? It's like, if I'm trying to do, you talking to me, I'm like, hey, you speaking over here? That's the, the impression, right? <laughs> I, I don't know. Hey, Mr. De Niro, I love you as taxi driver. Hey. Is it me that you're trying to talk to? (laughs) (laughs) Who else are you trying to communicate with then? Yeah. Um, Uh, Did you get in trouble for... Did you and Jimmy get in trouble for breaking? Not trouble, but was Warren like, come on, guys, lock it up? uh, You know, I kind of heard it. But he didn't say it. He would never say it, yeah. Yeah. I think he saw the value in it. Right. Uh, there is, it, it's that reminder that it's live. Yeah. And that's like the fun thing about that show is everyone's, and I think that's when you see good live sketch like at UCB or any like live theater, it's like that one thing that it just can't happen in a video, you know, like it's right. just that live. Something has to crack that seal. Right. And you just, and you're just watching, you're like, right, this is happening concurrently to me staring at this right now. Yeah. I, I, I tried to knock down a flat at SNL. Uh, I didn't get in trouble for it, but when I was doing Choo Choo, uh, <laughs> I would become so <laughs> sexually aroused that I would become insane, like a like a wild animal. Uh, being, and I was trapped in the in the changing thing. And I was like, "How cool would it be if I tear down a flat? Like no one's ever seen that on the show, where you just see a flat tear down, and behind it is just paint cans and guys like rewriting cue cards." 
I really fucking tried. But those guys put those sets together pretty great. Pretty sturdy. Like, <laughs> I was throwing like, my whole 300 pounds at that goddamn thing. Because <laughs> people would have been like, what the fuck? That's bananas. That would have been so fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think that something like that happened this most recent season where they cut to like where I guess it was supposed to be Pete Davidson and John Radinsky, those t- the two new guys, and John just wasn't there. And they're, like it was clearly framed for a two-shot. And Pete's like, and kind of says two lines back-to-back that respond to each other. Like, there's a long pause. Then he's like, well, I don't know how we're going to get it. He's like, well, I'll tell you how. He just, like, says oh, them both to himself. I know what Lauren told him, too. <laughs> you couldn't. You can drive a fucking truck through that pause you left. There. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that how- happened to me. I, I was... um. It was like one of my first my first couple of years, uh, and it was that goth talk sketch, and I had to just make another weird, funny cameo at the end. <laughs> I'm eating my own shoe over here. And and uh, the, the stage manager forgot to, he didn't cue me, and I'm I'm it was all like you just cue me, I go. Yeah, uh, we got it. He's like, you look at me, I'll tell you. Don't worry, buddy. I love those guys. Those guys when you're shooting something, he's like, I got you. I'm not gonna let you blah blah. You know, like they're like super intense. And then also yeah. you get nervous. You're like, oh, I wasn't worried for a second. You're right, exactly. You're telling me too much. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, and this guy had been around at, at uh, SNL for as long as I think it had been on. Uh, he uh, <laughs> he famously <laughs> attacked Chris Kattan after Kattan would fuck with him so bad. <laughs> Attacked him finally. This is like a seventy-year-old man, <laughs> and he had a, like a he had buttons from like uh, old TV shows, you know, on his vest. Sweet guy, Bobby Van Rye, and he he forgot to cue me, and so you know they're out there like silence. When is this? What's the next thing? So finally, I run out and I do the sketch, and it's obviously terrible. What you know, the, the whole thing doesn't work because of me. <laughs> Or my entrance, my character, whatever. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, fucking Bob Van Rye, fuck me over. <laughs> and I stayed really quiet, and uh, and it earned me a lot of points. It earns me a lot of respect that I that I got yelled at. Like you know, Lauren, it was like one of the only times Lauren actually like yelled at me, and I just was like, okay. And you didn't, you didn't <laughs> say just, the stage. I didn't say. Yeah, I didn't say. And then, uh, that and then you, afterwards. That- I was like the greatest guy in the world because I didn't, uh, cause cause I didn't t- snitch on him. Yeah. Yeah. Th- those fucking union guys, man. You know. <laughs> and he was an incredible state manager. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, every once in a while. Miss, miss a cue. Um, were those. How are those parties? Those af- those legendary par- after parties, after after parties. Oh, the crazy. Well, I. I'm sorry if you've heard these stories before, people, but the the parties were very fun. I haven't, so I, I we had to. we had a very great time. But one time, Tracy was like, "Let me throw the party." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, Tracy, well, yeah, yeah, man, probably." He's like, "Hey, man, let me throw the after party." Um, was it like someone on the staff, someone on the cast, threw the after party? Usually? I I threw it because when I was growing up, I'd read about Belushi and he had uh, oh, after course. afters at the blues bar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I was like, let's bring that back. And Jimmy was definitely on board to like, yeah, let's bring that back. <laughs> so we had a party every week, an after-after party. I, I And a, a friend of mine would go to the bar and drink, Becca, Becca Singer. She would go to the bar, drink, and be like, hey, do you want to host the SNL after-after? Of course. 
Yeah. So no one would say no to that. Right. She'd she would like, just go from on Fridays. We'd go to different bars, and then we'd have the after party there. And uh, so finally, um, Tracy really wants to throw the party, so I let him throw it. And this is it's this loft space <laughs> at ground zero. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all partying, going to a party, after party's great. We're all having a good time. That's like, well, let's go to the after after. Where is it? Uh, it says here, like, <laughs> West Side Highway. And <laughs> yeah, and you guys are outside of uh, 30 Rock. <laughs> and it's like- we head all the way downtown to ground zero, the party. <laughs> Tracy's like, you know, the, the MC man of the hour. And uh, and it was like so so crazy. Like he had <laughs> he had ladies of the night <laughs> there. They were dancing in rooms and offering to do shit with people. And it was like <laughs> it was like Tracy. Like, you guys know each other's like significant others. Like people's wives are coming to the after after. <laughs> and of course, like you know, Will steps in for like three seconds, turns around, leaves. <laughs> just, just too fucking much for Will. Everyone, everyone you know and love from SNL from those years left. <laughs> just me and Jimmy and like just the crew. And he's got prostitutes there. And uh, of course, I was the last to leave. And and he put me in his book as the last to leave that party. And uh, I'm very happy for oh, that. Oh, that's so awesome. Um, yeah, I was making out with like a. Oh, I was making out with somebody on a couch as people were leaving. <laughs> just like putting my, you know, oh, I was just gross making out with somebody. Like, what the fuck? Um, Tracy is the fucking best. Was he? Was, I mean, he's probably. I'm, I know he's difficult to work with. I was on Thirty Rock for three years as one of those like non-talking writers. So I know he's not the best at line memorization, right? Or right. Focus. <laughs> <laughs> but he is the best. Dude. He's super funny though. He's like the best. What you don't, what you don't realize is that hugeness is, is. He makes it look like I'm just this dude all the time, right? And. And he is to a certain extent, but he's also very funny and has that thing where he finds really small things really funny. Like, yes, he would be like, man, Horatio, isn't, isn't that fucking sad? The Hulk, <laughs> when the Hulk dies, or when the, every week the Hulk has to go away and he's crying, you hear, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> he's just, he's just kind of making fun of the. The, 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 the how the, the every episode was him like falling in love and having to leave because he turns green and hurts people <laughs> every he, fucking week. He was obs- dude. So he he's obsessed with fucking Planet of the Apes. Yeah, I'm sure you know this. And Donnie Brasco is his. Uh, he thinks if you bring and he has like sharks and stuff. And he has a huge aquarium. Yeah, <laughs> on. On 30 Rock, Judah Friedlander would always go, watch me get Tracy Morgan going. And he would just turn and go, Tracy, Goodfellas is better than Donnie Brasco. <laughs> <laughs> and Tracy would then, this would be like it's 9 a.m. at the first shot. Still at 5 p.m. when like the third set up, Tracy would be like, the thing about Donnie Brasco. <laughs> like he's, he, he, he described Donnie Brasco to me like almost beat for beat. And then it goes, and then when he comes to the door, he's like, is your dad home? He's got that hair on face. He's got that hair on face. And he's laughing so hard talking about how much he loves this part. It's a I watch I rewatched the movie after he talked to me about it cuz it's a split second face that that his fucking son makes at one point at that Pacino's son makes. And he's like 
laughing about it for an, a half hour <laughs> in his dressing yeah. room. <laughs> I'm like, you are an interesting cat. Like, that's such a funny thing to pick yeah. up on. <laughs> he's a very specific. He's got those specific things. Like, you know, he grew up with it. Like, yeah. you recognize that thing. Of, <laughs> it's, it's, it's joking. It's, it's, it's making little small things that you don't really hear being joked about. Bring, making them huge and then getting the laughs, but you have to have that in the inception. Yeah. And but and like he just delivered. He has such confidence, and such charm yeah. when he's at like full speed. It's just the moment when he's like full volume screaming at you. And he's like get, a cat too, like <laughs> car accidents. Fucking also, <laughs> yeah. The dude is indestructible. We like he, he. It's like next level party. Tracy, you know this. People know him and know this, but uh, at, at a certain point, he'd always take his shirt off and, and love Somebody you. Get pregnant up in here. Just love I, you. Get someone's gonna get pregnant up in here. And so then Tina, when she makes. The, when she writes Dirty Rock is like we have to just have Tracy more be Tracy play, be Tracy on this show yeah, yeah. and <laughs> and so Tracy's now become Tracy more more than ever but we me and Jimmy we tried to go drinking with him and he just got so insane that we couldn't do it anymore yeah. he he lay, he got like he took his shirt off and like laid on Sixth Avenue <laughs> and we're like this what the fuck this guy <laughs> That must be just that, that kind of drunk where you're just mad and sad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that must be that must have been great to show up on uh, to start your first year on SNL and meet Jimmy Fallon, and uh, be like, "Oh, this guy's pretty fun. We like the same shit." And then he's like, "Oh, hey, I like to party too." And you're like, "Oh, you got to be kidding me!" And it's like, "Hey, I think everything you do is funny. You make me laugh." <laughs> like that's such a fucking great dynamic you guys had. At. Yeah, purely accidental. Yeah, from different schools. Like I was Second City, and he was like just a stand-up stand up in yeah. New York, and a charming fucking a charming. Yeah, it just it's just a <laughs> a really fun thing. And even now, like when I when I go on the show or something, it's just like immediate. Like yeah, yeah there's something about this guy that <laughs> yeah. is just fun. You know, there's something that we got that's pretty fun. That's so awesome. That's so fun, man. Well. Horatio, thank you for coming on the show, man. Oh, it was a blast. Thank I had you. a real blast. It, the best thing about having a podcast is it someone will come over to your house and hang out with you for an hour. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it doesn't yeah. sound like you and just talk. Like there's usually we'd have to like run into each other at a party, but now I get to have like a weekly one hour chat with some friends, and it oh, I, it's great for so self serving. <laughs> I mean, podcasts are already so self serving. Yes, exactly. But, like when you invite me to come on the Horatio, which also you guys should listen to if you're not listening. If you listen to my podcast but not Horatio's show, you got to listen to the Horatio <laughs> for fucking pure pandemonium. At least the episodes I've been on and the couple I've listened to, the, the Jerry Minor episodes. Are- <laughs> Wow. Or comedians in cars going to crime scenes or whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> you got to check out the Horatio people. Thank you very much, brother. Um, Anything else you want to plug? Uh, watch uh, watch Match Game. <laughs> Are you on Match Watch game? the new Match Game. Are you on? <laughs> I'm on three episodes. And Bibby, I think, is on several episodes. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm next to Rosie on Match Game. You gotta be That's fucking what's kidding. happening in I the world played, today. We've been playing Match Game 76 together for years in yes. the stupidest characters. And now you get to be at on the four in the morning at UCB. There's an insane <laughs> sketch at the Dog Close Marathon, Match Game 76, <laughs> which is just everybody that you know and love out of their fucking minds. Being the most offensive. I played Lou Ferrigno and was deaf. <laughs> But also racist. I played I played Gacy and uh, and I and I choked out uh, Flipper, <laughs> the dolphin. Because Chad Carter is always Flipper. Yeah, the yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you kind of have to play seventy seventies characters in this. This is the right. only kind of rule. Seventy six. Yeah, yeah, it's the only rule. I've been J.R. Token, <laughs> as like a st- super stoner, um, and uh, that's a really so that's fun that you're now on the real Matt. That's like some full full circle. Yeah, shit. it's that's, pretty great, uh, and it's Alec Baldwin hosting, I fucking which love is it. just another great level. Yeah, uh, it, it's just really it's it's you should. <laughs> I'm telling you, you'll probably like it. I'm but, fucking you know I love Alec. Dude. Yeah, uh, so fellow, you know fellow it's, it's me trying to bring what what we do here. <laughs> To, to primetime television. Uh, awesome. I definitely will check that out. Um, as always, uh, I'm at... Oh, wait. Where, are you on Twitter? Because people will probably yes. want to shout bullshit at Mr. us. Mr. Horatio Sands. Mr. Horatio Sands. I'm at John Gabris. No H's. Um, all right, folks. Thanks for listening. Later, shitheads. <laughs>